Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm going to kick things off with a big announcement that the show is back to weekly, at least for the month of September. So expect a new episode in your inbox, on your phone, wherever you listen to the show there will be a new one for you every single week. I have so much great content coming this month and big announcements and special surprises. So make sure you're on my email list. If you're not, you can just click through the show notes and there'll be a link to get on my email list. Or if you're listening on your phone, as always, just click the album art and there's a live link in there that should take you to my email list. And if you're not signed up, You will get my Katie's Favorite Things, which I'm constantly updating and is this beautiful custom curation of all my favorite books, all my favorite videos, all my favorite podcasts, all the stuff that really inspires me. So you can not only know that, but hopefully seeing that curated list I made for myself, hopefully it will inspire you to create one for yourself that you can turn to in all your crucial moments when you need a little pick me up or inspiration and yeah so sign up for my email list to get all the updates and the juice and subscribe on itunes and if you find any value in the show at all it would be amazing i say this every week but it needs to be said if you could leave a review on itunes next time you're on your computer that would be oh so cool of you i would just it would just be awesome so if you haven't done that yet please leave a review for everyone who has left a review thank you so much and i also want to thank A few of you have been sending donations into the show, and that helps me so much. It actually costs money to produce a podcast. Who would have thought? It's crazy. So yeah, it costs money to host it, and I'm now outsourcing so I can get the show up and running for us more and more. So if you find any value in the show at all, toss a little value our way to keep it up and running, keep it weekly, right? So again, link to do that in the show notes, no obligation, but if you feel called and want to, that would be amazing, and there are some bonuses you can get from doing that, so yeah, all the info's in the show notes there, but on to this week's show, Simi, my friend, is in Wonderland, and she's amazing. I completely adore her. I'm going to go ahead and call her a best friend. I was just with her last weekend, and we had so much fun together. We laughed, we talked till really late at night, and we just had a blast hanging out. So today, you guys get to eavesdrop on us hanging out and having one of those late night chats, basically. Um, The funny thing is that I thought this conversation would be super funny, because that's how we interact with each other normally, and and it's really real, but we ended up talking about some really like deep, heavy stuff, and it ended up being kind of a serious, important conversation, um, where I shared some really personal, serious stuff that I've never shared on the podcast or or publicly before. Um, it's in my book, actually. So, so yeah, we'll get into that um, on the podcast. Not to be all dramatic, it's a really fun episode, um, as usual. But, but yeah, there's some serious talk in there as well. So I hope you guys really dig this episode. We mentioned Simi's program, Finally Free, which launches 
um, this week when you're hearing this. And I actually participated in the program and was obsessed with it. It really, really helped me with intuitive eating. And yeah, I highly recommend it. So if you are curious about that, there is a link again in those show notes. And if you click the album art, I'll put the link to that in there as well. If you have any questions about Finally Free, since I am a participant, graduate, if you will, um, shoot me an email. My email is katydalebout, just my name, at gmail.com. Or if you have questions on anything that Samir or I shared in this episode and past episodes, just in general, if you need a link that you don't know where it is, um, just email me and I will send it to you. So I hope you guys, like I said, enjoyed this episode a ton. And the last thing I want to say is join the Facebook group, the Facebook crew, if you will. If you are not in there already, it's it's a hell of a good time in there. It's like my favorite place to be on Facebook right now. Um, probably forever. So join the Facebook crew. It's all of us connecting about the inspiration we hear on these episodes, talking about other things, asking each other questions. Um, You know, and it's really cool. People can find other people that listen to the show that live in the location that they live in. So yeah, join the Facebook group. Um, And that is all that I have to say. I'm going to let us get to the episode finally. And you are finally free to listen to the episode. So enjoy Simi. She's amazing. I hope you love this conversation as much as I do. And if you have any questions, of course, reach out to me. Tweet at me, Instagram at me, Snapchat at me, whatever. God, there's so much social media. Or, you know, email me. Or you can send me a freaking letter. I love hearing from you guys. So talk to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited because one of my favorite people and one of my best friends, Simi, is here in Wonderland with us. And I'm psyched because she listens to the podcast, which is super cool. And now we're recording the podcast together. And it's just going to be a really fun, organic, real conversation. But Simi is an awesome person, like I said, but she's also a very successful lady. She's the founder of the Micro Harvest blog. She's a health coach. She's the co-founder of Finally Free, which is this amazing intuitive eating and non-dieting program that I actually participated in. And I I was expecting it to be awesome because I really like Simi. And, um, you know, I didn't know anything about her partner, Paige, who she, she works with with that. And we'll talk about this later. But it, and I'm telling you this, Simi, which I know I like texted you about this, but it improved and changed my life and my relationship with food in more ways than I was expecting. And it was just the kind of tune-up that I needed for intuitive eating and really working on my body image and my life as a whole. And I'm really lucky because I get to talk to you all the time, but that program really, really cemented everything for me. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, Katie, I am so excited to be here. And I, you know, obviously you said it, I listen to the podcast all the time, but this is, I don't know, this is like one of the best moments ever getting to be on here with you. And it is funny because I love when we're texting, you're sending me pictures of like screenshots of Finally Free. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm walking in the park listening to the Wellness Wonderland podcast right at this very same moment. I know. So, <laughs> I guess like virtual reality meets real reality. <laughs> I know. It's it's really interesting. We are, 
friends, but we're also consumers of each other's work, which um, I don't know, you know, it's like a chicken or the egg situation. I don't really even know which which came first. I think it was uh, kind of simultaneously, I think. I started to do Finally Free, and then we became friends, and I think kind of similar for you in the podcast, maybe? Yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, anytime I'm like, oh, I'm missing Katie, I need a fix, then I just like pop in my headphones, and it's like we're together. Oh my god, I feel that way too. So, little story, and you may know this, um, but, so Finally Free, we'll talk about it eventually, but it's... um, or whatever, let's just talk about it now. It's this, I'll let you explain it because you can probably explain it better than I do, but it's this course that Simi made with her friend Paige where they have all these amazing videos um, about intuitive eating and body image and wellness and intuitive movement and just everything um, anti-dieting, pro-living your fullest life. It's it's very cool, very Wellness Wonderland-esque, everything that I believe in. And these videos are really beautifully produced. And I would, this winter, Simi, oh, I guess it was spring, but it still felt like winter because it was cold. Every morning, I would just pop one on and go through the weeks of the course. And I was so sad when, when, when it was over because I just wanted to hang out with you and have my breakfast with you every morning. It was literally what I did <laughs> every morning. It was just such a nice nice way to 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 do that but I guess before we I want to hear the origin story of of finally free but I want to really start with with you and well first of all this is something I was curious when I was thinking about interviewing you today micro the micro harvest is the name of your blog yes and I would love you know something that I ask everyone at the end and I will ask you is is about you know what the name of my blog means to them but how did that name come to be sure the micro harvest um is all about basically harvesting little changes into big transformations in your life so the idea behind the name the micro harvest is that small shifts grow into big change and transformation I love that. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, I'm glad. Well, then I'll keep it. I'll keep the name. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Katie approved. <laughs> yeah, totally approved. So let's hear about Simi pre-Micro Harvest. I want to hear about the genesis of your blog, and I want to hear about the genesis of like how you came to this work. You used to be a attorney, and now you're a health coach and an entrepreneur and a really cool person. You were always a cool person, but I didn't know you then. So tell us about Semi before Micro Harvest and then when and where your blog fit into there. Sure. I guess Semi pre-Micro Harvest, I was a corporate healthcare attorney. Um, I was just really obsessed with seeking validation through other people's opinions of me. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that pretty sum- pretty much sums up every single thing that I that I did. I had I had not much um, sense of self worth, and I definitely didn't um, love myself very much or care about myself very much. I did everything to I, every choice I made was based off of trying to please other people because I felt that if I had if I pleased them and they were happy with me, then they would give me love and validation, and it was sort of this endless cycle of um, you know love driven achievement just trying to trying to make the people around me happy because I felt like that was the only way that they would truly care about me Mm -hmm. I know that game 
Yeah. So that, I mean, that's why I, you know, I went to law school because I thought, oh my gosh, my dad will be super proud of me if I do this. And I, you know, beat my body up with diets and exercise thinking that, you know, if I was skinnier, maybe people would like me more. And I mean, just every, every single choice I made was based on that. Even how I, even how I showed up to conversations, um, how I, how I interacted with the people around me, it was just always, in a, I mean, in a way, like a little bit manipulative, just trying to, like in every situation saying, okay, what does this person want? What would make them feel like the most important person in the entire world? I'll do that. So then they, um, they want to give me love. So there was a lot of, a lot of that going on. So how did you shift out of that? That story sounds very familiar to me. What was the awakening that one day you were just like, this isn't working for me? How did that work? Yeah, so the awakening was um, a few years into my law practice. And I was, I mean, I was at my desk and I thought I was having a heart attack. And at this point, my anxiety had gotten really, really bad and at work and the anxiety was basically caused by me being really unhappy and I had a pain in my chest and it was so gripping and like paralyzing that I had to lay down on the floor underneath my desk and I thought I was like this is it like I'm having a heart attack I'm gonna die I'm not doing anything that like really makes me happy I'm not living my life for me and I'm gonna you know (laughs) die here like living someone else's life it's so dramatic I'm I'm a very dramatic person. <laughs> Me so, too. Was, was laying under my desk, and then of course realized it was just you know just your run of the mill anxiety attack. No, no heart attack, no problem. So I ended we, up. My mom's maiden name. Is, I hope it's fine to share this. Is Ganakis, and sometimes uh-huh. we call them Ganak attacks. <laughs> so it was a, totally a semi attack. Yeah, I had a Ganak attack under my desk at work, and. I ended up going to a doctor and to get anxiety medication because I felt like I could not function. And, you know, at the time I was like, I'm eating so well. I'm exercising regularly. I'm getting sleep. Like I'm doing all these, you know, the the checklist of like stress management things. And um, my doctor basically looked at me and was like, you need to get a new job. And I thought that was, I mean, I thought that was like hilarious. She's like, look, I'll give you these medication, but like no amount of like yoga or green juice is going to fix your anxiety. Like you need to get a new job. And this is just like a Western doctor. Yes. Yeah. Pick pick up. Yes. That's amazing. I'm sure, I'm sure my like insane, like, you know, mind spinning, like she was probably sitting there with me being like, this girl is like losing her mind. But yeah, so she told me that. And at the time I had, um, I was in IIN, so I was studying to become a health coach, but not because I thought, oh, I want to be a full-time health coach. I was doing it on the side to sort of explore an interest, um, and then as I started seeing health coaching clients, I found such a love and a joy in that in a way that I had never felt before, so I feel like the turning point was like the big anxiety attack and needing to basically like be medicated to get through a situation that I had created in my own life while also at the very same time be experiencing a real joy and a real peace doing something that I truly wanted to do. And so those two things side by side, I feel like were my real like wake up call. So when in there did you start the micro harvest? When did you start blogging? 
Yeah. So it was right around then that I started blogging. My husband and I decided it would be really fun to um, work on something together, something where we could sort of explore these side passions that we had. So for him, he's really into like urban gardening and woodworking and stuff like that. And I was really into, you know, making green smoothies and talking about like talking about, you know, health at the time, health as I understood it at the time. And so we decided to make the micro harvest. And so we started blogging then. And over time, it sort of evolved and it's occasionally Tim will post now, but it's more, it's more me talking about the things that, you know, I talk about with my clients, talking about loneliness and body image and intuitive eating and all of that stuff. But at the time we did it then because we decided, well, if we have these things we really enjoy that aren't really our day job, we should create a space to explore them more fully and share our passions with other people. Oh my gosh, that's fascinating that I didn't realize that you and Tim kind of started it together. And that's funny because my blog, and not a lot of people know this, but um, when I started it in college, I started it with my, and I don't think I told you this to me either, but I started it with my college boyfriend and he like designed the site and, and, and got me started in that way. But also we were like writing it kind of together and like that was kind of the goal because I followed a lot of like, you know, people who were dating or husband and wife, like pairs who were, had these cool blogs. And I was like, I could do that. We could do that. And then after a while, it just like completely became mine. Um, But that's interesting that, that we both, it both kind of started that way. So from there, where, where do we go? So you eventually decide that your doctor was right and you had to get out of that job not only for your sanity and your health but because there was something else for you and then you had to make a really big leap which um, I know is kind of the the most recent really big change in your life can you talk about that experience a bit because I know a lot of people myself included relate to that uh yes the big transition (laughs) um It, okay, so I should just preface this by saying that the transition took a, a little over a year. So there was a lot of planning. And I think to maybe some people on the outside, it seems like it happened really quickly. Like, oh my gosh, one day you were an attorney and then all of a sudden you left to become a health coach. But there was a lot of planning and, you know, both financially and emotionally behind the scenes that went on. And so for about six months, I was still practicing full time and I started seeing clients on the side. So I would see them like late in the evenings around like 7 p.m. And I'd also see them really early around 7 a.m. And then as that, as that practice, as my coaching practice started to build and I, and also I started to feel like, oh my gosh, I have absolutely zero time going on here. Um, I need to create more space for what I really love. I went to the law firm and I should just say that even though I had a lot of anxiety at my law firm, I worked with really incredible people and I totally respect the practice of law. It just, it wasn't my passion. Mm -hmm. And so I was fortunate enough to have an amazing uh, mentor who I worked with and I talked to him about my desire to go part-time and I asked if I could and the law firm is really, really supportive of me. And I worked there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for six months. And then I coached on Thursdays and Fridays. And that was – it was um, it was big for me because I was really, really afraid of requesting to go part-time. I was afraid of two things. 
I was afraid of letting the people that I worked with down. I was afraid that they really would be very upset with me or disappointed. And I was also really worried about what my dad would think because like I mentioned, I went to law school because um, I thought that it would make him really happy. His dad was an attorney and he had always really like supported the part of my mind that's really into critical thinking and had always thought that I would be really great at that job. And so I was really worried about what he would think too of my choice. So this was really the first time where I did something big for myself and just sort of had to put, um, had to sort of let go of whatever people's reactions might be of, of that and know that it was for the best for me. And the incredible thing was that my dad was like over the moon supportive. He was so, so supportive. And the people that I worked with were so supportive. So that was a little a little nudge from God in the universe that I was moving in in the right direction. It just felt really, really good. Mm. And then I did that for six months, the part-time thing. And during that time made some more, um, made some more transitions and, you know, continued to save so that I would feel really comfortable whenever I left the law firm, because it would be my first time not having, um, not having the same income every single month, no matter what happened. So I wanted to make sure that I felt really comfortable. And then after six months, I left and starting on January 1st of 2015 of this year, I was full-time coaching and it has just been, I mean, the most incredible, uh, what, like seven, seven months now, six and a half months of my life. It's been so wonderful. That's so amazing. So thank you for, first of all, congratulations. I'm so thank proud of you. you. You're so inspirational to me on, in that respect and so many others, um, which I've already told you. But I think sharing that story is really great for people to hear. However, as as people can see, you know, it's not a formula that we all can plug into. It's not like, you know, yo, you want to be an entrepreneur? Okay, go three days a week, work, because obviously that's not going to work with everyone's situation. And right. Simi's situation and your situation and my situation and Sally and Sue's are all going to be different, right? So totally. I think it's good to hear these stories. Um, however, be mindful that everybody has such a different um, point of view, you know, and not different point of view, that maybe, but a different situation. You know, we have completely different life circumstances and job circumstances and financial circumstances, relationship mm-hmm. circumstances and living expenses. So it's a big leap and it's something that should never be taken lightly. And um, obviously you guys know that, everyone knows that, but um but yeah, thank you for sharing that because it's always good to just hear examples, I think. Absolutely. And if I can offer just one little Please. thing, I never, ever, ever, ever thought that my law firm would let me go part-time and do that. So I would say that while every – I totally agree with you. Everyone's situation is so different and you know, I can't speak to anyone else's – anyone else's, you know, work situation or financial situation or family situation, whatever that might be. But what I can say is sometimes the things that we think are not available to us are if we are just willing to ask. Yes. And so that's the only thing that I would say. And I went in on that day where I asked to go part-time believing that my law firm would say to me, absolutely not. And you're fired. (laughs) You know, I was like, get back under your desk. Exactly. Like, I mean, I was prepared for not, yeah, exactly. Not, not only for them to say like, no, you're not going part time, but for them to be like, just get out of here. Like, I can't (laughs) believe you would ask this. 
So I think that um, sometimes the outcome is is worse than like worse on our minds than what it would actually be if we just went through with it. And sometimes our situation is more flexible than we realize that it is. Yes. I'm so glad that you shared that. That's amazing. And, and also being grateful for the bridge job or the, the situation that you're in or, or whatever, because, and not being resentful to it and finding the good in it. And I think for you, Simi, like, it's such a clear, like, you had to go that route of being a lawyer for your personal growth and development, but also, like, you got so much from it. Like, I was recently visiting you, and most all, I think, of your friends that I met, you met through your time working at the law firm. Yeah. So it was great for community building, and you made some of the best friendships there. So, um you know, I think it's important to just note that like whether it's the skills that you gain from a job that you might not want to be in forever or the people that you meet or even the money that it provides you, mm-hmm. it's all good and it's all leading you to where you're meant to be and there's no regrets, no right or wrong, no time is just we have we all have plenty of time. I think it's easy to be like, you know, I need to be whatever, 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 now I need to be a movie star or an author or a health coach or whatever yesterday and I got to get out of this job. But maybe it's like, can you just ignite that part of you while you're still in the job more Mm, and more and more and more and more until maybe it just fades away. You know, it's like an exoskeleton or whatever and you just like shut it. Um, And I think that's that's really what you did and I think that's the, the best way to go about that transition. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we kind of missed a big step in there going back to your story and something that I want to pick up on. And I want to, the thing I'm actually most excited to, to chat with you about, like I said, you're, well, I'll just say this now. You're a, you're very inspirational to me in, in three main ways, probably more, but three main ones. This, the transition that we already spoke about, about living your dreams career-wise and being an entrepreneur and being so successful in that way. And you're really a connector. I've told you that before. And you're really awesome at connecting people and bringing people together online and in person and building community and just what you do it through your career. I respect that a ton. And I also really respect your which we'll talk about in a moment because I want to ask you more personal questions about that later. Your relationship, your relationship with your husband, Tim, is so inspirational Thank you. to me. And you wrote an article about that, which I'll be asking you about in a moment. But the third thing, and probably the biggest thing, is you, your relationship with food and your body image is really, really on point and something that I – really, really work to emulate and is so inspirational to me. And I said this to many people after I, I went and visited Simi, you, <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple, when was that? Like a couple months ago. And um, and I'm going back, which will, I will have done by the time this episode airs. And um, the entire, when I got back from that first time I, I came to visit you, you know, I was just, I had such a great week and I had so much fun and I just realized like it was so healthy for me to be around you and your friends and your family and just being in your presence. You're one of those people that your presence brings people up and, and really like people meet you where you're at, you know, and it's, um, and that's something I, I aspire to do 
as well. And I think I, I do to some extent, but this body image thing, you really seem to have down. But you shared with me and you share in Finally Free as well that that was not always the case for you. So with going back to that that origin story where you said that your superhero origin story where you said, you know, you were dieting and really trying to control your weight and your health um, while you were an attorney um, and then from there, now you're intuitive eating and really um, in a much healthier place. What kind of happened in between there? And then also, I'm, I'm even more curious if we could go back even a bit further. What led you to start um, dieting in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just quickly say that I thank you so much for those kind comments about me. And also, I feel like you lift people up with your presence too. So that is, I mean, everything that you said about me, I can I can say is so true about you too. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. And Aww, thank you. We're just this is just gonna be like a love fest <laughs> love of best fest. friends. Because I'm obsessed with Simi <laughs> and we're like best friends and we talk all the time. So that's why I was so excited for this episode. And yeah, we'll we'll t- we'll talk more about about our time together because I have more I want to share on that. But yes, let's let's chat about let's dive into this body image stuff. Absolutely. So my, I mean, my struggle with, my struggle with my body image started, I mean, I can remember starting to struggle with my body image in sixth grade. So it started in sixth grade. I always felt like I was a little bit like, I don't know, softer, like chubbier than the other people around me. And I can specifically remember I mean, it was probably, yeah, like around sixth grade, I must have worn a pair of shorts and it was like really hot out and I think my thighs had been rubbing together and I got like a rash between my thighs and I had to, my mom got me a cold <laughs> washcloth to lay with between my thighs and I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, there are so many girls whose thighs like don't rub together and I feel like it's crazy but like you, you know, you can like remember these specific instances yep. where it's like, oh, I felt disgusting about my body. And I was, like, so young. It's just – it's crazy. So definitely started in, like, around sixth grade. And then I went through periods probably due to, like, hormonal fluctuation and just being parts of sports teams or whatever where, um, you know, I kind of lost that that baby weight. And I can remember being, like, obsessive about the scale. And this was probably – this was, like, eighth grade – And I remember thinking, like, I don't want the scale to go above 103 pounds. And I remember being focused on that 103 pounds. And we had bought this Dole juice that was, like, banana, banana, strawberry, orange or something. And I remember that I drank that juice. I made it, like, two and a half days of just drinking juice. And it was, like, how old? This was, like, eighth grade. This was, like, before juice cleanses. This was, like, before, like, press juicery and, like, you know, all of these, like, fun. This was, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to eat any food because my stomach's flatter when I don't. And so, like, as early on as that, I was – Did your parents know you were doing that? No. They do do not think that they knew that. And I can tell you that my parents have never once said anything, anything critical about my body. So – I mean, that never, ever happened. They never criticized my body. They never told me that I needed to lose weight. But this was something that I picked up about Mm -hmm. my own body, comparing myself with other people. And, you know, just really, 
it was like I just wanted to be skinny and I remember thinking like, oh, you know, like guys will think I'm more attractive if I'm skinnier and then they'll give me attention and then I'll feel, you know, like I, I'll, I'll feel validated and that'll feel good and I, and I can only feel good about myself if people are, you know, if people are giving me like loving attention. Right. And so that, I mean, that started then and then there would be times where I probably like wouldn't think about it as much but, um, it, it definitely, you know, was an on and off theme like all through high school too. And then when I got to college, um, my first year of college was really tough for me and it was a tough transition and I ended up, you know, gaining the freshman who even knows what, like probably 25, 30 pounds just eating, um, just eating like feelings, feelings just eating all my feelings. And it then after freshman year, I – I got into running. And this was the first time that I had ever really run in my life. I mean, I ran track um, in like middle school and high school, but like I was, I was never, I was never an athletic person. I only did sports because it was social. And so I really got into running like around my sophomore year in college. And it was through that, that I sort of was able to lose my like freshman weight. I, I wasn't really dieting at the time or anything like that, but the freshman weight slowly came off with running and then, um, and then, you know, the, the more I would run, the more weight that I lost. And that was really gratifying. And of course, you know, when you have put on a bunch of weight freshman year in college, and then you start to lose it. People make comments like, oh, you look so good. Yes. And so then you get, you know, addicted to that, especially as a people pleaser, you know, totally addicted to those like outside affirmations about, you know, your worth and your beauty. And then, when I went to law school, it was like a whole different game because the intensity of the intensity of law school um, really, really like sparked that obsessive part of me. And I definitely have an obsessive part of my personality, and I can be really, really, really controlling about things. And at the time, the only thing I knew how to control was my food. And so, I mean, I would and. I don't even want to give details because I feel like it can encourage people who maybe have disordered patterns going on right now. But basically, yes. I was eating a very low amount of calories a day and running um, six days a week and doing hot yoga like four times a week on top of that. And I mean, just like destroying my body to the point where I started to slowly put on weight, doing the exact same things I had always been doing, but started to put on weight because my body was my hormones were out of whack, you know, my body was rebelling against me. And then um, when law school was over, I went, I got married, I went off of birth control, not because we were trying to have babies, but just because I had read some articles about birth control. And I was like, I want to get off of this and struggled to get my period for almost three years because of all the stuff I had put my body through. And it was during that time that I realized there had to be a different way and really there was an experience I'll tell you about on my honeymoon that was like a turning point for me in my relationship with myself and my body and food but it was then that I discovered intuitive eating and um, was able to when I started eating intuitively my body slowly like lost weight and regulated at its healthy happy weight which is the weight that I can be without starving myself or beating myself up but that feels so good to me. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think, um, I, I think this will tie into the, the honeymoon story that I, that I want to hear. 
Um, did you mean you'll share it with me or you'll, you'll share it oh, on sure, here? Oh, sure. I can share it on here. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyways, I was going to ask you, like, so all, through all of this or most of this, well, you met Tim in college, so you were mm-hmm. in this relationship with someone. How yeah. did this relationship with your body affect your relationship and did you feel uncomfortable with that and did you talk about that? Yeah, so Tim is actually one of the only people who when I was going through it, like when I was like in the shit, he was the only person that I talked to about it actually. I never ever ever talked about it with my girlfriends. I never ever ever brought up feeling uncomfortable about my weight, wanting to lose weight, any of that because I felt like if I drew attention to it, either someone would, you know, notice if I had gained a little bit of weight or they would try and interfere with like my weight loss, you know, mm-hmm. practices. So I kept it completely quiet. Like never ever talked about it to anyone, but Tim would see me in my full on breakdowns because I was you know, not nourishing myself the right way. And I was probably pumped so full of cortisol from all of the stress that I would have these awful, like hysterical crying breakdowns about how I hated myself and I would want to like cut off parts of my body and like I wish I would die. And, you know, just these awful things yeah. that like, I can I mean, relate a lot. Right? Like there's yes. a time in my life where I actually, if someone would have given me a choice to be like, run over by a car or gain five pounds that I would have been like, just hit me with a car. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. I thought of that every day. I, I would rather have not been alive than to gain weight. One yes. thousand percent. It's so And I thought about it so every crazy. single day. Yes. It's, and I mean, it's really painful too to be out of that place and to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I was hurting it's jarring. so much. It's jarring to think about how – how that was and yeah. and to have those those breakdowns and I'm I'm going to interrupt to to tell this story to relate to you because um our I think our stories in relation to body image are very very similar and interestingly enough I with the relationship I mentioned before I was in that relationship um, during the the shit of mine, the, the mm-hmm. height of my situation as well. And again, he was the only person that I shared it with. And I think because you're most vulnerable with that person, so they see those breakdowns because they're the person you're with the most and that you're most comfortable with. Yes. So you're, you're sharing all of that. And then, you know, I think about this often, like putting putting him through that and what that must have been like I I have no idea I have no idea what I would have done in the in the stress that I that I caused him but it's definitely something that like it's so hard to relate to because and I I think I might have shared this with you Simi but um I would have dreams at night of people like um pulling my nightmares of them like pulling these books that I was following to a T out of my hands and telling me that I you know couldn't have my special smoothie and my special Mm -hmm. food or like being in a situation where I you know had to eat something I I didn't allow myself to eat and just I would I was terrified of that terrified of going off my little system and then also terrified of gaining weight to the point where I just I didn't want to live if it what if it didn't mean that I had to change my body size and so Um, so then when it got to a point when everyone was telling me I did have to, when it was that visible, I, I didn't want to, I, I wanted to die. I really did. And I I write about this in my book and, um, 
and I haven't shared it on the podcast before, but I thought it was something that that is worth sharing now because it's a ment it's so mental. Like it is a mental health issue. And yes. I think everyone understands that that eating disorders are a mental health issue, but it's something that that stays with you. And um, you know, I'm I'm definitely not in even close to the space that I was in at the height of that that I'm sharing now, but there's little things here and there all the time, you know, little things here and there that, that can can trigger me, kind of get me back there, and then I shift myself out, and I have my tools, and I know what to do, and I'm like, okay, no, this is the beauty scene, and I have my little, like, spiel, and I understand, and I can coach myself out just like I can coach other people, but it's something that, you know, I, I still... I still deal with, and I want to know for for you. Um, that's something I want to ask you too later, if that if that still comes up for you. But first, take us back because I interrupted, and I want to hear. Um, I wrote that down to ask you in a second, but I want to hear about um, you. You were starting to tell about too how you would have those breakdowns with Tim and how that affected your relationship. And can you go back into that? Yeah, absolutely. Really quickly, first, thank you so much for your vulnerability and opening up and sharing that. That I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, we can. We're so similar in that story. It's um, it's crazy. Totally. Well, with with Tim, so there, you know, he saw he saw everything. He saw the breakdowns and you know the self consciousness, and of course, like you know, the weight fluctuations and the obsessive working out. I just can't. I mean, I could not miss a workout. There would be times where I, there were times where I missed classes in law school because I, it was the only time where I thought I could get in a workout. And I was like, there's no way that I can, that I can like get through my day without this workout. So, I mean, just really, he saw all of that and he, um, he was scared. Like, I think it was really scary for him and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you know, it's he didn't know what to he didn't know what to do. And did he try to talk to you about it? Yeah, I mean, and I think he he approached it in a way that it, coming from you know my perspective, it wasn't it wasn't helpful. It came from a place of love, but he would say things like, "This is this is insane. Like this isn't even this isn't even true. Like this isn't even real. Like that's not you know." He was seeing he was seeing reality, and I was seeing this like morphed sense of yeah. myself. And so he, you know, he was just so taken aback and he'd be like, you're, you know, you're scaring me and this is awful and how can you say those things about yourself? And, you know, in, in that situation, I would then be like, oh, feel attacked. Like, oh no, like you're going to try and like take, you know, take this away from me or mm-hmm. like take my control away from me. And so there was like a little bit of, of that battle going on, but throughout it all, like I always felt, I mean, I always felt like safe sharing with him how I felt and um, now that I look back, I'm like, wow, that was, that's a, that was a really big blessing to have that one person, at least like one person who I could like outlet to because, um, you know, you carry around a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. I mean, I was a freaking ball of anxiety. I will never, I will never forget this. I will like never forgive myself for this. One time my, my best friend Joss was over at my apartment in Chicago and we had a bowl of M&Ms out. They were Tim's M&Ms. And she like took a handful of M and M's or something. Like obviously you would do at someone's house when they have like a candy bowl out. Like you eat the candy. It's a candy bowl. It's like public. And so she took a handful of M and M's, and I I got I like snapped. I got so like rude with her. We've been best friends since fifth grade. I got like so nasty with her, and in that moment, it was because one I was like so starved yeah. that like anything Hangry. could make me snap. 
But I was also like so pissed that like she could eat M&Ms and I felt like I couldn't. And I mean, I just like, I lost it. Of course we were like, I, I mean, I've apologized like a thousand times for that. It's like one of my like most, you know, just nasty, like monster moments that I was so rude to her. But, you know, it turned me into this like awful person and Tim got the brunt of that. Um, and it sort of all came to a head when we were on our honeymoon. Um, we were in Quebec City and it was so beautiful and it was fall. We got married in October um, and we uh, – in October, in this October, it will be four years ago. And we – of course, it's like your honeymoon. Like you expect to have like lots of great sex and like I bought lingerie. And, you know, we're in this – we're in this like foreign city and I have no idea like how many calories are in the food that we're eating and we had gone out to lunch that day and I had had some of his french fries and like a glass of wine and I just, I mean, I freaked out because I felt so disgusting that I'd eaten those things and so I like put on lingerie that night and I like locked myself in the bathroom and I was hysterical. I'm like, I'm so fat, I'm so disgusting, this is awful. And anyways, he basically like had to talk me off of, you know, like a, not, not really talk me off of a ledge but like off of my like freak out ledge yeah. and um, I just like, I woke up the next day and I'm like, I it's fine. Like before it was like, it felt like it was only affecting me. But then in that moment I saw how my behavior was like really affecting the people around me. And at the time I didn't love myself enough to do, to make a change for myself. I mean, I hated myself. So I was never going to like change for myself. But in that moment I was like, Oh my God, I'm really hurting people that I love. And so that for me was the moment where I was like, I have to do, I have to do something. There must be a better way. There must be a different way. Now, of course, after all the work that I've done with myself and, and for myself, I love myself enough that like doing something for me is one of the easiest things for me to do. Like now I would be a good enough reason to do it. But at the time it had to be for someone else because I just hated myself so much. Mm, I can relate to that. I have, I have stories like that so many that that I can't even believe and every time you know and that's that's something too that I right now I'm doing a lot of like self-forgiveness work around because I've carried so much guilt around for the last you know and this wasn't even that long ago for all the people that I hurt um over the years of me being in that space and mm-hmm. situations like the one that you described, I could and, and maybe I will, you know, when we're together next, I could tell you 10 or 15 stories so similar to that um, that I'm not proud of that I um, – and this is something that, that a coach, um, a mentor gave me to – do was really like forgive myself like write mm-hmm. letters to those people not for them to forgive me not to send but um for me to be able to forgive myself because holding on to that guilt around those situations is is really hard but it's it's great that you shared that because I think a lot of times you know we're healing eating disorders is a very and disordered eating happens on a spectrum and I'm just giving a little like preface to that and people all know that I believe that and that you know you don't have to have be at a certain weight to have one you just have to have these thoughts which I think that we're speaking of right now Mm -hmm. um that I think so many women and people have thoughts like this and I think these sorts of thoughts and negative patterns are growing and becoming more common 
unfortunately, as the health movement becomes more common and as be, as we as it builds up some steam. And um, that's kind of the tricky thing with it. And, um, you know, Simi, you and I are both a part of that in a lot of ways. And, you know, you being a wellness professional and being a health coach, you know, health and um, fitness are still important to you, but for very different reasons. You have a very different relationship to that now. Mm-hmm. And I think to, to share these stories, it's something that, you know, holding on to that guilt and that resentment to yourself for what you did in the past to yourself, to your body, but also to the people around you, I think is something that, you know, letting go of that extra weight is really the, the only weight you need to lose. Uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. So with with that, then, you know, it was probably just a moment where you're like, I am, you know, and I, I often say this, like, make your life your your masterpiece, not your body. Yeah. And you were your life. You're only going to have one honeymoon and your mm-hmm. life was suffering. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Your life was suffering. Well, you guys should take another. <laughs> At least it's not a wedding and you can um, do, do a vacation again. <laughs> Um, but your your life was suffering as a result of you controlling your body. And the interesting thing I wanted to pick pick up on on that was so leading up to your wedding then did that kind of intensify it because I know a lot of people who are getting married or like have a wedding coming up that's something that that tends to intensify these things. Like I have a friend who for her wedding got really into fitness and health and then after her wedding, she was like, oh, I got to keep this up. So she became a fitness model. So mm-hmm. um, what was the – was your wedding kind of a, like, enabler for the body stuff as well? Strangely, no. And I think the I think the only way to explain it is that I was living in such a state of, like, obsessive intensity all the time. Mm-hmm. And also at this point, I mean, was just – I had to, I was doing that basically just to maintain my weight. It wasn't like I was, you know, losing weight at this point. It's just like my life was this intense cycle of food control and over exercising. And I don't, I mean, I don't know what I would have, I don't know what I would have done differently before my wedding. So, I mean, there were definitely times where, you know, maybe I would see a picture from my wedding and be like, oh, I feel like my arm looks fat there or something like that. But um, the actual wedding as an event, didn't intensify anything because I'm not really sure what else I could have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. You were already like killing yourself with all. Yeah. And it's important. I feel like this is kind of the weird thing when you were talking about the health and wellness, how it can aggravate it and kind of feed into it. I feel like the only thing I could have been doing that I wasn't doing was basically like stop eating. But I was so worried about killing my metabolism (laughs) because I had read so many articles about how if you don't eat, like your metabolism dies, that I would never skip a meal. Yeah. So it's weird how we have all these rules that kind of like play into it. And they can end up contradicting each other. Yeah, totally. it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. With, with that, then now, now you're in this place. Um, and well, I guess we should kind of talk about how you got to this place with intuitive eating. Um, but well, I'll just ask you this now: with the health movement and still loving, you know, we both we geek out over this stuff. We totally. you know we like a green smoothie as much as the next guy, 
but we also like going out to dinner and enjoying and um, you know, like when I visited Simi, for instance, I, it's so weird. I'm like talking to the listener for a moment when I'm visit- <laughs> when I was visiting you, Simi. Like we had smoothies and went to this crazy fitness class. Well, let me tell them about that. It was spinning <laughs> and reformer Pilates in one class. So fun, so fun, but so hard. Um, but yeah, it was great. But anyways, we did that, and then we also like shared ice cream with a bunch of spoons, and it was amazing. So. You know, I think it's um, dairy-free ice cream, but whatever. <laughs> it's um, it's the the point is the point that I'm trying to make here is that it's not about it's not about the food, it's not about the fitness. It's it's about living your life to the full, fullest, and that's something that you do, but you also are passionate and into healthy living, healthy eating, healthy cooking, and it's your career. So how do you balance that without um, letting it trigger you or letting it um, bring up comparison in you of like, oh, I should be doing that or I should be on that, that new trend or how do you like protect yourself from that, I guess? Sure. So I am always asking myself why. I'm always asking myself about like what is my motivating factor for choices that I'm making and I believe that, you know, what we think of as like healthy lifestyle choices. So drinking green smoothies and, you know, getting like a really great workout in, all of those things, I think that they can be such an incredible part of living a really happy and intuitive and healthy lifestyle. When we are when we are making those choices from a place of nourishment and love. So if I if I ask myself, I'm like, what would feel so good and so nourishing and so tasty for me like right now for breakfast and what comes up is a green smoothie and I'm making that choice because I'm like, this is going to be so like fun and this is going to make me feel so good, then it's the right choice. If I'm making that choice from a place of punishment or fear, that's a red flag to me. So if I'm like, oh my gosh, I ate you know, I shouldn't have had those French fries last night. Like, I need to be good this morning. Otherwise, like, I'm going to gain weight. I need to have this green smoothie. No, that's like a red flag for me. So it's always, for me, it's always asking the why behind it. Like, why am I making this choice? And if it's from a place of love and nourishment, then that is the right choice for my body. And if, in my opinion, when we are really, really tuned into our bodies and we are really, really taking care of ourselves, I mean, our bodies are going to crave real whole foods because they have nutrients, they have vitamins, they have minerals. They are going to nourish us on a cellular level. And of course, you know, our our body wants to function optimally. So it's going to want those things that, that helps it to do that the majority of the time. So I trust my body enough to know that she's going to want healthy things Um, but the reaction that she has to food is totally different based on my motivation. So it's really just about connecting with myself and choosing to love myself with every single choice that I make. Mm, So good. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, I feel like I said, thank you for sharing that a billion times, but I really am grateful (laughs) because it was really good. Um, but our friend, our mutual friend, Isabel Fox and Duke has this saying where she says, um, I don't know if it's a saying, but I've heard her say before that like when your body, like you said, craves nourishing healthy foods 
some of the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it craves, you know, something that's more for your pleasure, right? It might not yes. be for nutrients, it's more for pleasure. And sometimes, you know, it's both. Sometimes it's like, I'm craving this thing that tastes really good, but is also really nourishing. And that's like, you know, when everybody, when all the kids want to watch the same movie, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a really great situation. And I think it's about, like you said, not judging whatever the choice is, not judging the choice and, and learning about where it comes from. I think that's that's key. Um, Absolutely. So with that and being in this world that you're in and, and the, the with so much with social media and like we were saying about, you know, the health movement growing and growing and growing, um, how do you balance perhaps being triggered by what you see on the internet or other people or other colleagues eating and and doing things and sharing things about themselves or their fitness or their body or their food. How do you look at that objectively without letting it come into your space and trigger you um, from a place of curiosity and not from a place of wanting to change or alter things outside of your intuitive eating? Yeah. So, I mean, one, I, I protect myself. So I, I mean, I'm not immune from being triggered like to old thoughts and I'll tell you in a second like how I deal with them when they come up but I mean I really I really guard like what accounts I follow on Instagram. I guard how much time I spend like scrolling through Facebook. I guard like what websites I go and read and what things I look at because I am very sensitive to that stuff and so I know that if um even though I know how to deal with a trigger like where it comes up or, you know, maybe some like body judgment or body comparison like of myself like to other people, I now know how to deal with that. I don't, I don't want to have those experiences, you know, on a regular basis. So I really just guard the media that I take in. I surround myself with people who I feel like love me for what's inside and could give like, you know, two craps like what I look like on the outside and really, really try to cultivate those kinds of relationships so that I'm constantly connecting with people who like really care about me and who I really care about. And then also just trying to, to keep the images that I'm taking in and the stories that I'm taking in really positive. And I think that's something that I would encourage everyone to do. With that said, I still sometimes will get triggered by, um, you know, something that I might not even expect to trigger me. Or I might get triggered by something like I'm on Us, you know, Us Weekly and there's some like celebrity like crazy weight loss story or something and she lost weight because she did whatever like X, Y, and Z diet and that can, that can trigger a little something inside me that's like, oh my gosh, should I do that or oh my gosh, should I be losing weight? I totally have those thoughts and all that I do is like I take a step back and I take a deep breath and I say, okay, like what's going on here? I let myself feel that feeling and I just, I say like what would, you know, what would behaving differently mean? Like what would making different choices than you're making now mean? What would it mean to do that diet? And for me, it would mean, it would mean doing something that my body was not asking for and something that would not feel good to her and something that in my opinion is not like the healthiest and happiest choice for me. And when I really sit back and realize that, I'm like, ooh, that choice isn't for me and I don't need that. Like I, and so I can let it go, I can release it and I can go back to just being 
myself and the best version of me as it, you know, as it exists minute by minute. And, but I, I mean, I have to have those conversations with myself. I have to take a step back. I have to reflect sometimes. And, you know, I have to say like, what, what would having that, what would having that do for me? And the answer has, has never been, oh, it would make your life better. Oh, it would make you happier. Oh, it would make you prettier. It's never been any of those things. It's just like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. Yeah. And you're, you know, that's a constant conversation for me as well. You know, if I, if I'm ever triggered and I think, oh yeah, I could do that. Like, oh, whatever Mm -hmm. she did, like I could do that. Oh, she eats that way. I used to do that. I could do that. And I think about it for a moment, consider it seriously. And then I backtrack and I think, oh, I'm so much cooler now. I'm Mm -hmm. such a cooler person now. And I don't have those freakouts. I'm not mean to people. I'm not hangry all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not constantly thinking about food. I'm not constantly, you know, obsessing about when my next meal is, what I ate earlier, what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I'm living my life. And if I were to do whatever that person's doing, I would sacrifice my life to the level that I'm able to live now, to the person I'm able to be now. And it's not worth it. And I have to make that choice. Um, and, you know, the the thing that when I make that choice, I make the choice to be in the body that I'm in now opposed to the lighter body that I was in before. But it's the best choice for me and for my body. And, you know, something too that I wanted to ask you as like being – you know, a public personality with what you do and being linked to health and wellness and mm-hmm. the body that you're in and I'm in, you know, I look at it for me, I used to have a lot of like fear around that of like, oh, but when someone sees me or meets me in person or sees my picture or my video, they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to follow this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of fear around that. And I now think that, you know, as my body is now and as it changes, however it will change in the future, whatever that means for it, um, I'm being an example to people that whatever weight that I'm at, um, there's still some, it's it's what's in me that, that matters and there's still something that you can relate to regardless of, of what my size is, but that's something that I really struggle with, like, oh, well, you know, if because I think about myself when I really needed this work, I would have maybe looked at myself at, at this weight and been like, oh, I don't want to look like her. Never mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's scary. That's scary to think about. But at the end of the day, like, what if maybe that's not what I would think? Maybe I would look at my work, connect with, with you know, my future self or with, um, you know, someone eating intuitively like Simi and people doing amazing work and be like, I want to be like that. I don't, I want a life like hers. And that's, mm-hmm. that's something that I really admire in you. Like, I want to, you're beautiful and like so amazingly beautiful. I'm not trying to like play up the physical, but like she's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> But also, like, I want a life like that. And I think looking at at the people that you admire, not by the body that they're in, but by the life that they have. And that's tough because it's really easy on social media to see someone's body as a whole and be like, all right, you can see that. You can size that up pretty well, you know, unless they the angle's on their selfie. But you can really get a good picture of that. Right. Um, but it's much more difficult to get an accurate picture of someone's life as a whole. 
Because yeah. you're just getting these snippets. That, you know, they all say the highlight reel, right, on social media. You're just getting these snippets. So it's really hard to see someone's life as a whole. So you might see that body or that stomach selfie or six-pack or whatever and be like, oh, I want that. I want to be just like her. But you don't know what goes into that. She might be, you know, getting in a fight with her boyfriend every day because of food and having those nightmares like I had and waking up at 5 a.m. to whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, – so it's just like, you know, we can never we can never know. We have no way of knowing. So anyways, that's my perspective on that. Have you struggled with that at all, Simi? So I can I mean, I totally I totally hear like what you're saying and that I think that makes a lot of sense. I will say that I feel like my social media presence kind of came after I got to a place where I like love where I felt like, you know what? This this is what my body looks like today when I'm taking the absolute best care of her. So in a way, I feel like when I'm putting myself out there, I'm just like, guys, this is what this is what like being healthy and happy looks like for me. It will look different for every single person because we're all so unique and it will look different for me one year from now, 5 years from now. You know, like I will constantly be changing and just as we all are. But I feel like, yeah, like this is this is me. Like I'm healthy, I'm happy, I take really, really good care of myself. And could I be skinnier? Of course. Could I be bigger? Of course. Like I could be either one of those things, but I'm honoring myself with my choices. And this is what it looks like when I honor myself. So I mean, I feel like when I, you know, when I put myself out there, I I feel like, oh, I'm here, like I'm shining this light on other women, like trying to encourage them and make them feel comfortable in their own skin rather than them thinking about whether they want to look like me in my skin, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes perfect sense. And I'm like fist pumping over here. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and like just a little side note, it's not – I mean it's really like not about the weight but truly when I started eating intuitively, I I did – I mean my body adjusted. Like I did lose weight because when I was in my like desperate like starvation over exercising mode, I mean I would also have awful food binges and I was also having these like terrible hormonal imbalances that caused me to like hang on to weight. So even though, I mean, I have been thinner than I am now, I have been bigger than I am now, I just feel like I'm in this place where like when I just sit and close my eyes, like nothing feels wrong about my body. Mm. That, I just want to like hear that because that's such a, I think that is the goal. When I sit and close my eyes, nothing feels wrong in my body. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Not anybody to look like anyone else, anyone's arms, anyone's legs, anyone in their clothes. To sit with your eyes closed and be like, this is how I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to look. I know for me, um, I've never really shared this or even like articulated this to myself out loud. This is like straight coming through me. But when I was um, at lower weights than I am now and definitely when I was at my lowest weight, you know, it was clear. Like I knew I wasn't supposed to be there like on some level, even though then I kind of even thought like, no, I can stay here. I can maintain this. Like there was no way. But as I started to gain weight from that and heal from like the height of that, I still, after a while, you know, I, I had gained some weight, but not nearly to where I am now. 
I remember, like, I know that on some level, even though I never would have admitted this then and it probably wasn't even conscious, I just knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be. Right. And I knew I, like, I was trying to hold on to something that was not natural for me. So mm-hmm. um, I think when you find that set point weight and you get to the place that, that, you're, that you're truly meant to be in it, it might take a bit to find that, especially after you've done some damage metabolically metabolically to your to your body or just you know different changes that you go through I think when you do finally find that place that set point weight um it's a really beautiful thing and Simi's found it and it's just like I said it's magnetizing to be around and it, it's such a positive thing for me to to have you in my life Simi and you know that's kind of a tip I want people to to take away from this and um Isabel Fox and Duke in her teachings talks about something that was very profound for me. It was t- talking about finding body image people to follow who feel really comfortable in their skin and follow them on Instagram and, you know, totally. ideally um, have them in your life. And for a very long time, I, I didn't have any in my life um, at all. I had, you know, people um, of all different sizes, but I didn't really feel I had anyone in my life who was very happy with their body and them and themselves and um and most certainly I didn't have anyone who was happy with themselves but also struggled and also understood what it was like to struggle and in the past struggled and and that's why I think with you Simi it's really perfect because you are such a role model that I have you know in person that I can really learn from but also um well, and online, but um, but also, you know, you know where I've been, and you were like in the thick of it as well, and, and you got out of it. That's why you're you're so inspirational for me. So I hope that that you guys listening can find someone who is a body image um, friend, right? Like, is a friend that you can really talk about this stuff with, because um, you know, then that way you don't have to put it all on your partner if you're struggling. And I think we all struggle from time to time. So um, having really strong girlfriends and and people in your life that you can talk to about this, um, ideally who understand and and maybe have even been through it, I think is is so powerful. And that's why I'm so grateful to to have you as a friend. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. And if I can just say like just something like on what a on what you just brought up Please. for a lot of women who are struggling with um with disordered eating thoughts or obsessive dieting or even who just like hate their bodies and you know maybe are are binge eating or emotionally eating or whatever it might be a lot of those a lot of women in that situation are people pleasers and just want to make the people around them happy and are seeking that validation and i think because of that, it can be really, really, really scary to open up to someone about like, hey, this is what's going on for me. It freaking sucks. It's really hard. I feel like I'm flailing and failing and doing, you know, I I feel like I don't have it all together and I'm really scared and, you know, I want to be perfect, but I feel like I'm anything but. And it can be really, really hard to get vulnerable and say that because it means showing people a side of yourself that you may be afraid will not be pleasing to them. And if I can just encourage you to trust that the people who love you love all of you, including those parts of you, and 
I have never received so much real, authentic, raw love and support as the moments when I have opened up and been vulnerable about painful or icky or ugly or scary things in my life. Those are the moments that like real connection is formed. And that's when you like that's when you experience real, true love. And so I would just encourage women to to try, you know, with someone that they feel safe with, who they feel comfortable with, or, you know, with you or with me or, you know, whatever it might be to just open up and let a little bit of light shine in on those really scary, dark places, because that will, that is transformational. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100% preach. I want to say thank you for sharing, but I won't because that's become (laughs) my, that's become my line, but I would be saying that now. I think too, you know, I think that's where coaching comes in, you know, not to even plug my coaching or your coaching, but having a life coach or a health coach and really, you know, you're a, you're a life coach, you know, at the end of the day, because you, you share this with me and like you end up talking, you don't just talk about chia seeds all day at all. Totally. You're you're talking about their lives because as we just spoke about, it's all connected. Um, But I've had many, many coaches and coach people now. And I find that it's, it's a really beautiful relationship to have because you have that opening to be that vulnerable with someone because you're you're paying them to hold that space for you. Totally. And there's that exchange of value that happens where um, it's even if you have amazing friends and amazing family, they know you and all these sides of you and you have to see them. So it's sometimes not as comfortable to like – share this really vulnerable thing and then, you know, like have to go to dinner with them and a bunch of people right after, you know, or, or whatever. And or the time doesn't come up or the moment isn't right or whatever. So with coaching, like the moment's right during your session. Absolutely. Every time. Um, and you can just go there. So I think that, and I know both of, we actually, how we met um, is we had the same coach. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay that I share that. Yeah. Another, oh, absolutely. Another podcast guest, Elle Griffin, coached both of us um, for a while. So Anyways, um, it's it's a very, very powerful um, thing to, to have just all sorts of relationships in your life like that. And, and people are so happy to help you. And then and when you – I think kind of having a coach is kind of like training wheels where you can be vulnerable with someone else um, and then you're, you're someone you're – working with and then you'll you're able to take a bit of that vulnerability and share it with your friends and your family and some some people more close to you in um, your daily life and I think it really kind of lays the groundwork to be able to do that which is very cool totally I mean I I know we both like really really value coaching obviously we do it we love it but like I, th- I know we value it both in our own personal lives and I'm I mean I'm always working with a coach and I think Something that's important to remember is that the work never ends. I mean, you're always evolving, but it gets so much more fun the more that you love yourself. Like, I, I mean, like working with a coach, the more in touch with my intuition that I am, the more that I respect my body, the more fun that work gets because it's just like, oh my gosh, the possibilities for living a vibrant life are endless. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. Um, so here's the thing, Simi. I really wanted this whole episode to just like girl chat and be really funny and for us to just like <laughs> talk about pop culture and like I have like 12 more questions that I wrote. I, I had made up these questions and I did not use one of them. And I really wanted to talk about like 
12,000 more things. So I'm going to just have to um, have you back on the show. Is Done. that cool? Okay, great. Because I love that. I want to talk – I'll just tell people what's coming when Simi returns. And perhaps maybe we should just, like, have our own talk show because I think that that would be really brilliant. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should, like, call The View and see if they, they could use two new oh. hosts and we can just join Whoopi and the gang and that The two magic be. words. The yeah. View. <laughs> yeah, that might work. Or maybe we just, you know, start our own, like, Oprah situation. But for now, for now um, – you will come back, and I want to talk more about um, your amazing relationship with Tim. Oh, maybe we have Tim on, t- too, with you. Could oh, we? that would be fun. Yeah. That oh, my gosh. So maybe cool. when, you, maybe when you come visit in a few weeks, we can record it all three together. That would be really cool. It could be like a Valentine's episode. We'll think Ooh, about love that. it. Oh, my God. That could be so cool. Okay. Yeah, because he asked you out for the first time on Valentine's Day. He did, yes. And I'm ruining the story. I want to save that for the next <laughs> podcast. Okay, so coming soon. We're definitely going to do that. That will be great. Um, <laughs> but for now, I'm so excited for that, by the way. Um, I'm going to ask you the the standard questions, which you know. So could you share a bit about your morning routine and some of the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that impacts how the rest of your day goes? Sure. My morning routine is pretty simple. I wake up um, – I usually wake up anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30 depending on kind of what the day looks like. And I'm an, I'm a – early morning person. And I always start with a big glass of water. I usually fill up a water bottle on the side of my bed before I go to sleep and then just drink it in the morning. And I do some kind of movement in the morning. So I'll either go for a run, take a bar class. On Wednesday morning, I teach a bar class at Studio B Wellness in German Village. Or if I'm not feeling like really like intense exercise, Tim and I will walk and get iced coffees together with the dogs. So some kind of movement takes place like after I drink water and brush my teeth. And then I come home and shower, get ready for the day, make breakfast. Right now I am obsessed with um, gluten-free sprouted grain toast with some sort of nut butter. I like cannot get enough. And of course, if I didn't walk to get iced coffee, then I make a little coffee at home for myself. And then I get started with the day. Pretty simple morning routine. That sounds lovely, and I can't wait to do that with you when I'm with you soon. Me too. So what about at the end of the day? Um, what are some of the things you do to wind down, the last things you do before you go to sleep um, that really make you sleep well? Oh, my gosh. I love the end of the day. I feel like the evening time is so peaceful and relaxing. I go to bed early. I've always been someone who who sleeps early, and I converted um, Tim. He was a night owl when we first met, but I've converted him. So before bed, I always wash my face and put um, some – I put some oil on my, on my skin, on my face, and on my body. And then, you know, cozy PJs. And we do this <laughs> – we do this thing called, like, family snuggles every night where we get the two dogs – our two dogs, Harrison and Oliver, um, into bed. Like, the four of us, Tim, Harry, Ollie, and me. And we all, like, lay in bed and basically just – we, like, talk to the dogs and, like, dote on them for probably, like, 20 minutes – and just snuggle and then the dogs go to their crate and Tim and I like will chat a little bit in bed, turn the lights off and right before I fall asleep I'll say a prayer and that's that's what I do every night. That's amazing. I can't wait to snuggle with you and the yes, dogs. Yes, I love it and I always drink a big glass of water with uh, magnesium at nighttime. It just helps me sleep really well. Oh yeah, natural calm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, very good. Okay, so... 
what are you doing in your life that you're afraid of that you're doing anyways? How are you challenging yourself? Oh, man. Um, so lately, I, I'm doing this program called PR School right now. So what I have been doing a lot of that has felt new and exciting and also uh, you know, scary and challenging is I've been reaching out to certain publications, sharing uh, our, you know, my partner Paige and I, our virtual health coaching program that you mentioned before, finally yeah. free. And just really like sharing that with people who I think would enjoy it just based on articles that that they write. So like Refinery29 and Well and Good and the New Potato and Chalkboard Mag and places like that. Very cool. Yeah, have been, um, have been starting to share that. So I would say PR for my business is something that I'm just beginning to do. And it's scary because it's new, but oh my gosh, it's so exciting. That's so exciting. And I want to hear, um, I would love you to help teach me some of those things for oh, when oh my, my gosh, book comes out. Totally. I can't wait to hear. So I want to go back to um, Finally Free for a moment and your program that you were talking about. And so you and Paige um, came together. Could you talk a little bit about how you two came together and decided to to do this? I know Paige has a um, similar story to, to ours that we just shared, and you guys both shared in the program, um, which, is, which is really awesome. But when did you guys decide that you wanted to merge together and be business partners and, and create this? Yeah, so Paige and I met through the blog world. She has a blog, Healthy Hits the Spot, and so we connected that way. And we emailed back and forth with a few questions. And then um, somehow, I don't remember exactly how, but we ended up having a phone call. And we chatted on the phone, and we connected. So we decided to do to like coach each other. So for a couple months, we talked every Friday for an hour and a half. And we each got 45 minutes to like spill our guts. And just we held space for each other. It was so great. And obviously became very close friends and connected. And then when that was sort of up, Paige asked me if I'd be interested in doing something with her. She was like, you know, do you want to partner on something? And I thought that was a great idea, but we had no idea like what the heck we would partner on. And so we both took a few days to brainstorm ideas. And we had a call a few days later and we were both like, oh, I only came up with one idea. And she said, I only came up with one idea. And then we shared our ideas, and they were, like, identical ideas. Stop it. Yeah, every single bullet point were, like, it was identical. It was as if God had just, like, you know, put this idea on both of our hearts oh, because it was supposed to happen. It's so, so good. Yeah, from that moment, we have known have that, like, Finally Free was, was, like, meant to be, was meant to be created and meant to be shared. So that was how it started. And then literally we were like, well, then we're going to do this thing. So we reached out to our um, web designers, the Wonder Jam, who also designed my blog and my coaching website. And um, so, you know, they worked with us. And my sister is a filmmaker, so she, like, curated these gorgeous videos for us. They're so beautiful. And, I mean, we spent months just pouring our heart and our time and, like, our love and money, our prayers and, yeah. every, and money and money, mm-hmm. yes, into this program. And, I mean, we could not be more excited about it. And now we have some other things going on, like, with it. Like, we're creating a we're creating an annual planner and planning our first retreat and just – we really are trying to grow this Finally Free community. It's been incredible so far. We launched it for the first time in March and had, I mean, beyond our wildest, wildest dreams, like a turnout of incredible women. And then we will, it will be launching again um, 
soon in when September. When this is airing, yeah. Exactly. Now. It's launching now. <laughs> yeah, it's launching now. The link to it is in the show notes. Um, if you have any questions about it, email me directly because I've been th- – you can email Simi as well, but um, – We'll put all of that. But if you really, if you have any questions, I've been through the program. I love the program. Obviously, Simi's one of my best friends. But I, if I didn't know you, Simi, I would have had you on the show because this oh, this program had um, such a profound impact on me. And I guess, you know, I should mention that too, that most of the time, the people who I have on the show are not my friends. They're just people I know from online, um, know of, and then I reach out to them and then they come on the show. And a lot of times I do end up becoming friends with them or they become mentors of mine. Um, but in this case, it was kind of the opposite. We became friends um, first and then I really, really became fell in love with her work um, and knew I had to have her on, on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, this this finally free situation, you guys, it's it's really, really awesome and amazing. And um, I want to go to the retreat and be involved in the retreat. So Done. we need to talk about that more offline. Um, Perfect. But, God, I cannot believe how fast this went by. I'm a little bit bummed that it's it's wrapping up, and I know it's, like, longer than, than most episodes, but I, uh, like I said – I could go for a good another two and a half hours, um, like a Pete Holmes um, podcast, but <laughs> I don't have the um, web hosting space for that yet, so we'll have to do a, a follow-up. But let's do the quick-fire questions now. I'm um, ready. And then we'll, you're definitely coming back, maybe with Tim. Okay, perfect. And Ollie and Well, I'll bring, the, I'll bring all the boys. <laughs> yeah, we'll all, we'll all hang out. Um, okay, so favorite color? Gray. Favorite day of the week? Saturday. Favorite hour of the day? Oh, 7 a.m. Favorite veggie? Right now, arugula. Favorite fruit? Right now, really fresh peaches. Juicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Favorite snack? Toast with peanut butter. So good. Um, my favorite everything is toast with peanut butter right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I could eat that for every single meal. Uh, so um, oh, this is good. This is going to go to the next the next question. So somebody asked me a similar question, giving them a shout out right now to, in, on this podcast that I was recently on. Um, and I just and I want to I want to take this question and, and ask it to you, Simi. And I want to plug this person's podcast, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But I will put the link to that in in the show notes. But anyways, this is the question. It, it was just brilliant question that she asked me. So you're trapped on an island, but you can bring with you one food item, like a like a meal, I guess, um, snackish situation. One show to binge watch, and four people go. Okay, well, I'm going to start with show to binge watch because it would be Dawson's Creek, my all-time favorite – I mean, it's my favorite TV show of all time. I'd watch it every day till the end of time. Um, The people, I would bring um, Tim, obviously. Um, I do Oliver and Harrison count as people. I'm going to count them. I'll bring them. And then, like, since we're on this call, like, I'm bringing you. Yes, I was hoping you would. That's why I said four. (laughs) Yeah, the four of you guys are coming. Oh, we'd have a ball. Yeah, and then food, like basically peanut butter and like whatever vessel I'd be eating it with, which maybe is just a spoon. I don't know. Yeah, or like a leaf. And coffee, like iced coffee and then like peanut butter. Yeah. (laughs) The the breakfast of champions. Honestly, that does not sound roughing it. Like that sounds like paradise. Peanut butter, you guys, and Dawson and Pacey and the gang. I mean, yeah, I can't even. That sounds great. Let's We're good to go. Um, 
Okay, so favorite meal you've eaten recently? I actually think you told me this before the call. Oh, I did. It was Friday night. I went to this uh, Mediterranean restaurant called Maza, and I had this incredible baba ganoush, some hummus with fresh veggies dipped into it, and then I had this. It, I had this salad. It was, the, I mean, just such an incredible salad. Lots of like crispy romaine lettuce and olive oil dressing and lemon juice, and then it on top of it. It had this concoction of lentils and brown rice that were like cooked, like really, really cooked. So they kind of got mushy. It was, I mean, it was to die for. Ooh, yeah, that sounds delicious. Um, okay, if you could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be? Teleportation. Oh, very cool. That was a very quick answer. I, I, I definitely thought about my superhero power many oh, times. Oh, you, you, you knew I'd ask. Um, favorite thing to do um, – when you're not, you know, coaching and, and working, you know, what's your, like, you know, just fun thing that you like to do? Well, I mean, I love being, I love having a day with girlfriends or being outside doing something active, but lately I have been, like, digging taking naps. And I did not used to let myself take naps because I would feel so guilty, but now I've been letting myself take naps and I've been loving them so much and I, I mean, I'm just... I am enjoying a good nap so much lately. Mm, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> favorite celebrity? Mandy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I just tossed that in there because I wanted you to say it. Because you know. Because <laughs> I know. Um, we'll, let's do a whole other podcast where we just talk about like pop culture and like funny stuff. And oh, I like, love that. Comedy hour with um, Simi and Katie, Girl Talk. Maybe Perfect. we'll do that when I visit too. Favorite movie? A Wizard of Oz. Favorite book? Um, probably if we're talking about like the book that I've that I've read the most and that's changed my life the most, Spirit Junkie by good old Gabby. <laughs> Who's that? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. I'm not obsessed with her. I didn't put her on a pedestal or anything. Favorite song? Oh, Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed Life. What? Um, it's, how have we not talked about this? It's my favorite song of all time. I know every single word, and I just, like, three <laughs> days ago did a Periscope karaoke where I sang it. You did? Yeah, I'm going to send it to you after, like, okay, literally after we hang up, because I think, uh, I, I hope I still have it saved on my phone, but I don't know if I do. Oh, my God. How has that not come up? Okay, we'll amazing. chat about this offline. Um, okay, if this episode got deleted and, you know, God forbid, it's not going to happen. Let's just forbid. say it did. What are three things that you would want people to take away from this episode? Um, I would want the three things that people would take away to be, one, that if you are in the shit, as we said, with body image struggle, dieting, obsessive behavior, disordered eating, that um, it doesn't have to be that way. So that would be the first takeaway that there is there is a different way to be even though it might seem impossible right now. The second thing is to surround yourself with people who make you who make you feel happy and make you feel alive and make you feel supported and driven and who inspire you. And the third thing would be um you know Peanut butter and iced coffee are just amazing <laughs> with a side of Dawson's Creek. Like, that is a recipe for happiness, people. <laughs> yes, it sure is. And those were all really great, but I'm not going to lie. My mind has been elsewhere the entire time you were just talking because I just keep thinking, do, 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 do. I oh can't gosh, believe I that it. hasn't come up that that's our favorite song. Um, oh, my God. So funny. Okay. 
as you know, the name of my blog and the name of this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland, Simi. So when I offer that term to you, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? Mm. Well, I recently got a tattoo of a wave on my wrist. What? And yeah, yeah, I just I got it I got it last week. I got a tattoo of a wave on my wrist and I feel like for for me wellness wonderland means living life like a wave, so being strong and peaceful and going with the flow and just being free and playful, just like really embodying what I imagine you know, a wave to be. I feel like as long as I'm doing those things, no matter where I am, it will feel like wellness wonderland. That's amazing. I love it. I can't wait to see your tattoo. Thank you so much for coming to the wellness wonderland and hanging out with me. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. So much fun. And you'll be back for sure. I can't wait. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebow and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation and like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.